Give your loved ones the gift of warmth and happiness with an original Miki Couture blanket. Whether you need a gift for your family, co-workers, or friends, they all need to stay warm and cozy this holiday season. Our incredibly soft blankets are the perfect gift to celebrate the holidays at any budget. Show them how much you care with a blanket from Miki Couture that will be remembered forever. Begin your holiday shopping at softminkyblankets.com or your nearest Miki location. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everyone? It's the fourth episode of the Average to Savage podcast. I got a special guest, actor, comedian, and author, Andy Wazif. Andy, how's it going? Hey, Paul. It's going great. How about you? It's going all right. You know, it's getting a little hot out here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, though. Yeah, in for the sure. Heat, in the cold, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's just jump right in and tell me a little about yourself, and then I'll ask you some follow-up questions. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I'm five foot nine. I like walks <laughs> on the beach. I, no, I um, you know, I think to speak of um, actor, comedian, uh, writer, uh, you know, I, I went to school. I wanted to be the next great sportscaster. Yeah. And um, I went to Syracuse University. I was going to be like Bob Costas, and after about a year, I said, "Oh, it's." all about sports and I and sports that I don't even uh, really follow like um, hockey or soccer at the time and so mm-hmm. so I got out of that but I've never stopped being a sports fan and um, a lot of my writing ends up being about what I grew up with which <laughs> the first uh, three books were all uh, Red Sox Yankee fan books yeah uh, you know, I moved out to California, Los Angeles, you know, going to write sitcoms and, and features. And ironically, then I had these ideas for these books about Boston fans, which, okay, so I'm, I'm out in L.A., but the market is, is in Boston. So I wrote uh, How to Talk to a Yankee Fan, and then that made fun of Yankee fans um, and really was uh, quite biting. But uh, I wanted something a little more... Uh, self-deprecating and that was Red Sox University and then it happens the uh, one that makes fun of both uh, fan bases was Red Sox fans from Mars Yankees fans from Uranus now Uranus was not my choice of planet but the publisher said oh it's going to be great we're going to sell it towards the Boston fans and uh, they (laughs) made it basically if you read the book it's kind of like uh, saying that we're all crazy and we are Um, but if you look at the cover, it's, oh, Boston fans are way better than New York fans, but uh, <laughs> but we are all crazy. And as, as it's, you know, progressed over, this was back in uh, 04, I started to write the, uh, the the first one, which was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Into Syracuse University, there were a lot of New York fans, and my friends were Yankee fans. So this, uh, you know, I had to put up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. for a while and uh, so this gave me an opportunity to get back at them with how to talk to Yankee fans so so that was in the um, the acts that I wrote those three books and you know you looked so thin and really everything that we used to say I mean the uh, Yankees Red Sox rivalry is like a the hammer nail rivalry and that uh, you know Yankees are all about spending 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 and the Red Sox are these just homegrown kids, <laughs> and now you see who's got the uh, largest payroll in the league, and you know, so it's things have changed. But um, you know, and then I went on and I, I I've written some screenplays, one good option, and it went through the the Hollywood development track, which 
you know, it's just like a roller coaster ride, and you, <laughs> there's no guarantee that the uh, that the ride ends back at the platform. It might actually be a be a cliff. Um, and um, some other books. Called, one is Adult Puberty, which was a, a fun little piece, and did a short film on that with um, Golden Globe uh, winner, uh, award winner Barry Boswick was was fun. Um, a parody of those 1960s uh, sex ed vid- videos. Mm-hmm. This one about going from uh, middle age to or entering middle age. So, uh, and then um, you know, I've been writing always with sketches and. Uh, I'm writing plays and, and putting together uh, a stage show, hopefully with some some comedy. Uh, well, definitely with comedy, but hopefully that'll be on uh, be on stages uh, soon enough. So that's, that's all you got. So after you left Syracuse, you became a comedian first, right? Correct. Yeah, it was a way to put myself out there. You go out to LA, yeah. and there's everybody. Oh, I've got this, and I'm doing this, and well, look at me here. Um, I was sitting at home working on you know, what's called a spec script, mm-hmm. which is you take a TV show that exists and you do your version of it. You do as if it was seen on next Thursday at eight on NBC, must mm-hmm. see TV. You, you know, you've written it and you hope that people look at it and go, wait, did this really air? So uh, you put in the same characters and make it professional and you do that on the side and then you try to shop it around to agents and say, hey, look how, how good I can write. But... I looked at the paper and there was an open mic comedy, you know, three minutes and you, know, you get there at 7 p.m. and um, at the Laugh Factory, world famous Laugh Factory. So yeah. I said, oh, I'll, I'll try that. I, I, I can do three minutes. I did it a couple times in college. Um, <laughs> something I'd rather forget, but um, still. Uh, and then show up at 7 p.m. and they go, no, 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 no. You have to. That's when the show is. You have to sign up throughout the day. Uh, it's where the first 20 people to sign up. I said, well, when, when do they first start getting there? I don't know. I And people at the club were like, we get here at like, you know, two. And there's already people in line before two. And then you talk to another comedian. He's like, I was here at 7 a.m. So they're like, for three minutes, I'm going to go and wait on the sidewalk for 12 hours. And yeah, that was that was it. Just to promote my... My writing, and uh, you get to meet. The reason the last actor was good, you get to meet the owner. He would critique your act if he was in town, gotcha. and he was a, uh, a company manager. He represented some uh, um, famous people, and you know he'd bring you over after you, buddy. You do something with your eyebrows. You have great eyebrows. You, you must uh, make uh, emotionalness in your face. Uh, that's what I want to see. And you come back three weeks later, going. What the hell? <laughs> what is he talking about? And you, no. uh, you try it again. And he goes, uh, you uh, come back three weeks. Uh, tell more about your family. And, uh, okay. And you just keep going through that. And you realize, okay, you're not going to be working with him. But that became a stand-up there. And then at other clubs. And you make other friends. And then I ended up going on the road for two years, which... Not three minutes, you got a half hour and you hope that the crowd is uh, not packing that night because if they don't like you, like when I was up in Modesto, California, where Raider fans are sitting and you realize uh, they're not laughing and that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on parole. That, the bad that hit a little too close to home. I'm sorry about that. So what does, what made you decide to start writing books? Yeah, it was, um, it was a chance to, yeah, okay, so if you knew about, um, script writing and, and sitcoms and, and mm. features they're all different and yeah. comedy sketches they're all very scientific 
They have a beginning, middle, and an end. And meanwhile, as a comedian, and just as an observer of life, I'm writing out of the observations, and you start to tell things, and you start to have a rant going on in your head, or you have or a, uh, just a, a run of, of something on uh, whatever the subject is. Um, and so I used to love the books put out by comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woody Allen, Steve Martin, uh, John Stewart even did one, Naked Pictures of Famous People. Um, and they, they were just short 20, uh, 20 uh, essay uh, or sketches uh, throughout, 20 entries in, in a book, something like that, and you know, a few pages each. So I went on the road to do comedy and I, I wrote a book. I had just, I left my day job and they say, don't leave your day job. And I would actually, uh, rep- uh, <laughs> I recommend not leaving your day job, but I did it anyways. Um, and so I wrote a book. I said, I'm going to sell this on the road and realize people coming to comedy clubs don't really read. That's why they're going to comedy clubs. So, yeah, yeah so I, I still have boxes of books uh, from two, the year 2000, 2001. And, uh, but, you know, it was a chance to just put everything down that I uh, had an idea for um, and I thought would, would get a laugh. And that's, you know, basically always been my goal is to do, when I mentioned the stage show, it's just to entertain people and do what I think is funny and what I think is going to get um, people laughing. And if it's a book, and again, a book is not, it, for me, it hasn't had to be as scientifically crafted. Now I'm, I'm writing a novel now and it, it does need to be a little bit more following of the rules you know you can't just write a blog entry for 300 pages and and then i did this and then i did that you need uh you know characterizations and and, uh, plot points and twists and turns and you know that's a little bit more um regimented but you can still kind of if your chapter it doesn't have to end the script has to end on page 110 a book can go a few extra pages you talk about this put this in put take that out and some um, especially when it's just me uh, talking about uh, comedic um, things, like yeah. uh, the one of the shorts I've I've always loved is called Thor's Exploration, and it's uh, Thor in the uh, leading the Viking ships from uh, Scandinavia all the way to uh, the New World, and after just running out of there, I mean they're miserable and they're running out of their uh, rations and they're sick and they're they hate each other and they are so happy they get to the new land and they kiss the ground that they're there and Thor says alright now that we finally made it we have to get word to our brothers that we're safe and how that they can join us and then they realize the only way to do that is to get back in the boat and sail back to tell them we made it (laughs) so uh, you know just a funny little shtick but, uh, but that's what I like Gotcha. Any uh, audio books coming up from your book? Oh, yeah, I see. Uh, this is where I could use your help. Um, hmm. I <laughs> I would love to do uh, these these versions uh, in an audio book. Uh, I did one uh, that was, uh, I think that would be great, um, called, um, it was a book of my uh, personal essays of humiliation called Not the Life for Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the time I got deported from my home, almost got deported. Well, officially, I think they were trying to deport me. Um, even though I grew up here and <laughs> am officially an American citizen, I, uh, you know, so it's essays like that. And then the time I, um, <laughs> well, let's see. So when I drove through town without any breaks, that's the first entry. And so this is, that's a book that would be great on an audio book. And I just mm-hmm. need to sit down and get in the studio and, 
Um, yeah, I, I went to Midas and uh, to fix one of my brakes, and uh, they fixed. They said, "Oh, we gotta. If you do the left, you gotta do the right." <laughs> and they um, <laughs> they gave me two faulty brakes, so I left. I went there with uh, brakes that still worked, and I left with brakes that didn't work. And I found this out at the second uh, traffic light. Yeah. I could not stop, wow. and fortunately, I survived miraculously. I think my uh, my skill at uh, pole position on uh, you know video games as a kid uh, helped. But uh, anyways, <laughs> these are these are some fun essays that I did, and uh, and that would be good in a um, in an audio book. So, yeah. but nothing yet. Uh, someday. Thank you for yeah. reminding me. Yeah, for sure. No, I know it's just yeah. getting bigger and bigger now with audiobooks and podcasts and stuff like that. Now people don't want to read. Yeah. They want to just you know be more passive. So. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I don't like reading either. So, <laughs> that was always uh, I would read uh, through an article. I'd read the captions. Any picture, yeah. I find the caption and go, "All right, I'm good here." Yeah, pretty much. So, what was your um, best-selling book so far? The bestseller is, uh, and it actually was called the Boston Globe bestseller. Um, the Red Sox fans are from Mars. Yankees fans are from Uranus. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So, it wasn't know, it, it, yeah? It wasn't. Uh, New York Times bestseller, or you just didn't accept that award? <laughs> no, right. No, I wasn't allowed because uh, they want me dead there. No, uh, <laughs> no it, it is funny, though, um, that that would be, that was the afterthought. I sat down, and I thought, and I worked on, and I crafted how to talk to Yankee fan for many, many months um, in my head. I mean, that was just, like, building up. And then uh, from there, I said, you know, let's do something on Red Sox fans. And there was a lot of material uh, for Red Sox University. Uh, the publisher, before Red Sox University was about to hit the shelves, it hadn't been on the shelves yet, and they said, you need to do another one. I said, I don't have anything else to talk about. So, obviously, you you know, you know, go to the bookstore, you get inspired. Again, not reading the books, but the captions or the titles. Yeah. Um, and I saw uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Jesus. All right, there we go. That's something that... So, it was the afterthought. I put together, you know, you kind of repackage, repurpose, and but, you know, take it in... Uh, 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 the template that was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and it ended up being the bestseller. Uh, 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 an interesting point that I've figured out, people would rather hate than love. Yeah. Because Red Sox University is kind of a, a just a, a tricky to Red Sox fans. Didn't sell as well as, oh, how can we get those Yankee fans? You know, this is, this is, yeah. these, this are, these are great gifts, holidays, birthdays, um, and, you know, nobody wants to know about themselves. They want to bash the other team so that's how to talk to a Yankee fan and uh, Red Sox fans are from ours we're the two big ones but um, yeah that one uh, I'm, I'm grateful for so and it just came about because the publisher said do something else oh yeah that, may, that makes uh, sense even though it doesn't make sense but it makes sense <laughs> yeah I know it's, isn't it unfortunate we should be brought up to love yeah I guess that's not in the US vocabulary <laughs> yeah <laughs> no kidding but before we get too political yeah. Um, no, but, yeah, you know, USA, you know, that sucks, that sucks. Um, and it's funny, I, uh, I didn't have anything more for books, but mm-hmm. I, um, I thought, you know, if, if all the books are being, you know, given out, like nobody needs to buy the book twice yeah. or be given it for two birthdays. But I, I thought birthdays, people also with the books, they'll get a, a greeting card. So I've come up with these, um, sports rivalry greeting cards.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have, uh, some I started with Red Sox Yankee greeting cards, so it's one cool. where um, a tree is fallen on the on the cover, and it says, 
I'm sorry that I, a tree on your birthday, a tree had to be chopped down in order to make this card. And you open it up and it's fallen on the house of a Yankee fan. And you say, well, I'm not that sorry. Man, you got to hit up you know, homos. Hatred. It's all about hatred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyways. So, so, in, yeah. so last year you released three books, right? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, last year was, uh, it was, there were three books sitting in, I like to call it in the queue. I, I you look at files and after writing for so long, there've been times when I've written projects and, and I'm not saying these projects all sold. Most of them have not. You just keep writing, writing, writing mm-hmm. and you, you get in, in like churning out, like you know, your own squirrel wheel, just running, running, running and you know, something squirts out. Uh, you know, a book squirts out there and you forget our script. And so I was looking at files and I was like, what is it? The, the fallback plan? What the heck? And, I, you know, it's a script I wrote that I, mm-hmm. I forgot all about. But also there were books which were half done. Yeah. Um, Adele Puberty, the, the book of essays. I have all these essays. Okay, let me, let me put those together. It's been a while since I, since I put something out. So that one, the other one, and then uh, a book of um, just the essays I was writing my, my Red Sox Yankee books got me um, a job uh, writing for Yahoo Sports gotcha. uh, World. and so I said well you know it was nice if people read it when it was posted when each of these were posted but I want to have it in one you know one portfolio so I, I wrote the book um, Don't Talk Sports at the Dinner Table yeah. which you know speaks to how we talk we say oh we never talk what is it um politics and religion but yeah, sports yeah. just they're up there as well so that's where the title comes from and uh it's my favorite cover that i've uh, that i've gotten to do so gotcha yeah i seen it was pretty cool thank you <laughs> um <laughs> so so, you, so two of the books weren't uh sports books so what inspired you to write those and i know you just said before that you're working on a novel now so what's that all about? yeah Oh yeah, well the novel is on sports. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> uh, the novel is about a uh, you know we, we grew up, and I'll answer uh, the second question or the first question second. But the, the novel <laughs> we grew up in uh, in Boston, where um, I grew up in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Not we as the entire audience, um, but uh, and uh, every August they have the Jimmy Fund, uh, mm-hmm. which is for kids with cancer. Yep. Um, yeah, I had a, an agent. Um, for my books uh, and she, she's not my agent anymore but she's such a great uh, supporter and she's a big baseball fan that's why she, she jumps on the first book um, because she was a Red Sox fan living in New York uh, but she said you know you should do a kids book um, on baseball and it seems like your style and probably be good mm-hmm. uh, and I was, I was having trouble coming up with an idea but um, there were you know you see moments where Big Poppy goes to visit the kid. Uh, in the hospital and um, every August the, the players are doing this and they're always raising millions of dollars um, so I thought uh, about a book about a player who goes to visit a, a kid stricken with cancer and the kid asks get a hit for me which just seems like a thing a kid would do and so the player who'd been in a slump gets a hit and another and another and, and he realizes he keeps going back to the kid and the kid keeps saying get a hit for me so as players are very superstitious this becomes his routine yeah. So it helps him to get hits, but now the hits he feels are keeping the kid alive. Yeah. And this takes place in 1960 when cancer was not, uh, you know, so curable. And I wouldn't yeah. say curable now, but uh, it yeah. was not so treatable. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, so it it becomes is you know what keeps the kid alive. There is an element of faith. You know, those fans that stayed alive 
mm-hmm. for the Red Sox till 2004 and the, the Cubs yeah, 2016, yeah. right? You yeah. know, we're 140 years old and now I can finally go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 140, my goodness. No, uh, you know, they're like 103. <laughs> my grandfather was the opposite. He was uh, 1918 to 2003. So he was like, I can't take it anymore. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, rest But, uh, yeah, so that's that. And then the um, what inspired me for other books, uh, one of them is uh, Hollywood Primer. Um, and that is when, uh, since I lived in Hollywood for a long time, you begin to pick up, I mean, so much of the culture. That's the same thing with the Red Sox. Uh, Yankees, you know, knowing every aspect, every moment, every, un, you know, the understanding, the subtext and the, the subtleties. And, and that's what, uh, Hollywood became so I said let me just do the same thing I did except uh, that with the Red Sox Yankees books uh, let me do it for living in Hollywood mm-hmm. you know uh, again with humor um, underlying uh, meanings because uh, people think in Hollywood when you say uh, it's interesting uh, if you say hey Paul let's do lunch which is the thing let's let's get lunch let's mm-hmm. grab lunch let's do lunch you go yes we're in we'll probably get lunch together. But if we say, yeah, let's do lunch. Let's definitely do lunch. Once you put in definitely, it is the negator. It's That means definitely 100% we're not getting lunch. <laughs> and people, you start to pay attention to it, and you notice, I say, oh, that's my theory. And then you put it, you know, the hypothesis, and, and you, you start to talk to one person, and he says it. You go, that's interesting. That's, that's what I was thinking. And then another person, and I'm like, okay, is everybody just messing with me? Because yeah. did you all get together? I mean, because that's what it is. When you say definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you realize, yeah, we're not getting lunch. Yeah. You know, in Boston, in the Northeast, you know, New York, I don't like you. We're not getting lunch. <laughs> but, you know, but out there, it's, oh, no, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely set it up. Nope. Okay, so that's that's why I wrote uh, that. It just, yeah. there were too many uh, instances there, like, there's about 180 pages worth of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how a book comes up. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you could write a million of those if you're living in different parts of the exactly. country. Exactly. <laughs> if I had all my life, I would be writing... Uh, all the, the sports fan rivalries and all the, uh, you know, yeah, uh, just when people move to, who knows, Memphis. There's some sort of stuff about Memphis. Yeah. Oh, it's this great Memphis Primer. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> also, I wrote the book, uh, and I was calling it Hollywood Primer. Apparently, it's pronounced Primer, which I found out after it came out. So, just a little English lesson for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's just jump into some baseball questions, unless you got anything else. Yes. More to say oh, about no, no, I, books. <laughs> I have nothing else. Do you know when uh, that new book is coming out or not yet? Uh, no, that is uh, at the beginning of the process. The, 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 the research is done. I talked to um, doctors in uh, Beth Israel and then the mm-hmm. uh, Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. You know, find out, okay, what can I get away with? Yeah. It's funny, uh, the doctor I talked to in um, Children's Hospital in L.A. also, he was he was great because he'd consulted on a movie before. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Before our time, really. Boy in the Plastic Bubble was John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? But Yeah, okay. So and so this doctor, Dr. Siegel, I believe, he consulted on that and um, he watched the movie yeah. or, and he said, or, or he saw the script, and he said, you know, I see what you've done. Um, I'm not sure it would be okay if the boy had sex in the bubble. And the screenwriter goes, listen, Doc, you stick to curing kids and I'll stick to movie writing, okay? <laughs> so 
for all that you see that's you know got to be accurate you can also take some liberties yeah, so okay. uh anyways i'm at that uh, process of just um you know um juggling a few projects but one of them is the novel and, and hopefully yeah. it'll be done in about um you know six months or, or a year depending yeah, okay. on how fast i can get to it and that's only a first draft so yeah, yeah. so but, how, how long does it usually take for like a full book to be complete and published and released yeah, it's it's funny. Um, depends on what your brain has um, accumulated. Yeah. I mean, there is the first Red Sox book I think was written in six weeks because it's just like yeah, you already knew. You know, here are all the ideas. Yeah. I just what I call the crap draft. Yeah. Put them all out there, and then you start to chisel. It's you've got a big block of clay, and then you know um, you start to chisel away at that. But um, yeah, a screenplay is about six months, and uh, you know. That's about 110 pages, like I said. So you do a, a sitcom on 30 pages, give or take 30, 32, 35. Uh, and that you could probably do in, you know, six weeks um, when it's a polish. So, you know, a couple weeks to write it and then and then you just spit shine it. Um, but if you're working on a show, you don't have that kind of, you're always juggling either rewriting somebody's uh, script or, or writing yours. So you have about, you know, a week or two. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's doable. Yeah, you yeah. know, for for again, just getting it in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And once you're there, it's it's all about rewriting. So let's yeah. jump into these baseball questions. How yes, far sir. how far do you think the Red Sox are going this year? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I think the furthest they'll go is Anaheim uh, by plane. Uh, but oh god, <laughs> it's they are a talented team. Um, there's something missing. So I think. I just I see the ALCS as a uh, as as a sticking point. Now, uh, Dembrowski could make some uh, move at the deadline, but I wonder if if you see them as well as just I mean the David Price for lacking, which I never liked David Price no. solely because he does poorly in the playoffs. Yeah. And they say, oh no, this guy's a gamer. He's certainly not a former Cy Young winner. Yeah, and now he's not even doing well. Uh, plus, he was how old was he um, when they signed him? Around thirty, so um, yeah. or, or right before thirty, because they, ironically, they gave up John Lester. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't sign him, so they could go out and get the price. And Lester was named the pitcher of the week in the NL. Was that you know? I mean, we got sale, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's a problem. So uh, they're they. I love that they're hitting, but um, and they they seem to be having fun. That always is the key. To have you know the play, the teams having fun and not as ironic as as they've been or, or the old Red Sox with twenty four caps twenty four players um, of the eighties. Um, so there is that, but teams nowadays you need a natural disaster or a tragedy in order to uh, motivate the team uh, to galvanize the, the team in the city. But we don't want that. We yeah. just want to win. Um, so I'll say ALCS and uh, the Yankees do worry me. So you saying they're only going to the ALCS? I think that would be um, reasonable. You know, I think that that's a good goal. Uh, the World Series is also a good goal, but I yeah, something that's when you throw regular season records out the window, yeah. and you just hope that you've got you know that Sale and Porcello, because you know Porcello has got a four point low low fours ERA, yeah. and that's your you know always with many wins, but giving up four runs in the playoffs, yeah. assuming that he sticks to that, is not you know your best bet. So uh, that leaves you know in Sale in October. He's, he's the guy weighs a buck twelve, uh, you know, soaking wet. So you yeah. hope that his arm holds out. I know Pedro's used to do fine, knock on wood, but uh, until later. But uh, we'll see. So that's 
my prediction, lock so, it down. So who's your uh, World Series prediction? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, uh, I mean, you can eliminate, not Seattle. I think, you know, they're a little playing above yeah. their, uh, their pay grade right now. Um, you know, uh, I love Terry Francona. I never put, uh, put it past them. That, uh, that they could make a run because last year they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not going to think the Dodgers get back there, but and it's and it's kind of really uh, look at how I hedge on all this. Like you, you know, this is probably why I'm not on ESPN because uh, like it's a 30 minute show. You've got to make it make a prediction. Okay. Um, but you know, Houston, it's they are really good. Uh, and and you know, I always hate to, to you know something always happens. I always hate to choose the. The, the repeat champion hasn't happened in a long time, but I mean, these guys, they seem they want to repeat, and, uh, and I think they can do it. But outside of that, Atlanta's coming on. Uh, I mean, they, they in a couple years, that would be an easy pick for me. But uh, all right, so let's just say anybody but the Mets. There you go. That's my prediction. So Houston uh, no, versus anybody Houston. but the Mets. I, yeah, <laughs> yes. I think Houston's going to win, uh, and the Red Sox will make the ALCS. So, you know, Houston and the Yankees, perhaps, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I like I like Dodgers and Angels. I mean, the Angels, you know, have a lot of fair weather fans, but um, they they've since held on to a few since 2002. So that's that's you know enough for for me to you know like them, and I love Mike Sosha. So, yeah. so why not uh, any of any of the Southern California teams can uh, make a run, and I, I would support that. What about uh, your MVP predictions yeah. for NL, AL, and AL? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, Um, the AL. um, I I think you know you gotta go. I think Mookie. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna say JD Martinez. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. Good point. Can you imagine how much 125 million for what he's doing, and that was that a third of what Stanton is getting? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, but yeah, but Mookie. I mean, I you know, Mike Trout is great, but the NL, oh, that's that one. Hmm, Harper's not uh, not pulling his weight this year, is he? Yeah, no. No, Again, like two, uh, two Gosh, uh, I think that's a toss up. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't even. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I got uh, Paul Goldschmidt coming back. Yeah, because right he's now, on fire right yeah, now. I, right, exactly. But uh, yeah, he was a little slow, but. I mean, Goldschmidt is is great. He, I think I think he's one of the most underrated in the league. Absolutely, um, and you know they they the the, the um, Dodgers talk about you know any of their uh, fellow NL West teams mm-hmm. like the you know Yankees talk. Oh, we'll have him next year. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, oh, he'll sign with us definitely. So I think Dodgers are looking when his contract's up. But um, I hope I hope they stick around. Um, Arizona, they they yeah they could. Um, they could make a run, and he would be a, a major factor. But he'd have to uh, he'd have to show up in the playoffs as well. And I know he had some trouble last year. So, so my last question is: I'm yeah. I'm from Connecticut. So, what kind of fan do you think I am? <laughs> Depends. Uh, there is the um, uh, Munson Dewey line. There's the Mason Dixon line for the North South, and the Munson Dewey line for Connecticut. Uh, so it depends on if you're on the west side of the Munson, and it's basically the uh, what the Connecticut River down through Hartford. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which side are you on? I'm in Southern Connecticut. In Southern Connecticut. Ooh, okay. So this one's tricky. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a stab and say you're a Yankee fan. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you know? How did I know? <laughs> but, uh, but we're again, it's about love. <laughs> 
You know, I think if you read the <laughs> Yankees fans, you're not from Uranus. I know that. Yeah. You're from Connecticut. They're different places. So it's, uh, you know, and, and again, it's, I want the, I want the, the battles again. I want Pedro throwing at somebody. I want um, Kareem Garcia yeah. uh, attacking a uh, guy in the uh, bullpen or something like that. A bullpen worker because he's, he's drawing at him. Um, you know, you want Don Zimmer to be body slammed. Uh, you know, maybe not that violent. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, um, Jabba Chamberlain and uh, Kevin Euclid. Um, I think the and, other... And maybe, yeah. I think the other problem is uh, a lot of them are like friendly and friends now. Like just That's in just yeah, in general. Yeah. But but it was then and and and, <laughs> and not uh, any of them have uh, steroid rage like Roger Clemens mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like the accent. But no, but uh, I, yeah, you, you want something that that spurs. Well, okay, um, selfishly, it spurs book sales. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it just it adds. There are eighteen games a year that they're playing with each other. I mean, when we grew up, it was I think uh, let's see, six and maybe twelve, mm-hmm. which you know um, made it more. And now it's just watering it down. It made it more intense back then. Um, but. Uh, you know, short of that, as long as they face each other in the playoffs, it's going to be fun. And, and I think we're at a point, um, if the Red Sox ever had a chance of catching the Yankees championship count in, you know, three of my own lifetimes, then I'd be like, oh, I don't want the Yankees to win. But you know what? If you guys win and then we win and you guys hit some off, water under the bridge. It's just, you know, make for a good season and uh, and let's uh, let's enjoy and then let's talk a little trash while we're at it. Yeah, I'm hoping for the Yankees Red Sox ALCS this year. There you go. Right. Well, that would be nice. And that's, uh, I mean, obviously it depends on the seating, but yeah. Oh, good point. Wait, could they because they're in the same... Oh, yeah, it could actually I lied. It could only be in the ALCS anyways. doesn't matter yes, regardless of right, the seating. Yeah, right, yeah. So, so there you go. You lied. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that's... Uh, no, the, the, it's trying to figure out what they're doing now and, you know, what they might do. I mean, um, you know, if you're coming down to seven innings, perhaps, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think they will, but, um, yeah, just to keep the kids engaged. I still love going to the ballpark and just enjoying for nine innings. I might zone out for six of the innings, but, yeah. hey, just being there is a great thing. I appreciate you coming on the show and... Where could people oh. find you, and where could they find your books? Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Paul. It was my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, Amazon.com. Just type in my name, Andy, and Wasif is W-A-S-I-S. That was if put together. And um, also check out uh, sportsrivalrygreetingcards.com, and, mm-hmm. and Wasif'sworld.com is my all-purpose Go to see everything I'm working on and, and all the stuff I've done. So it's my homepage. So. Got it. I'll be putting it in the bio, the link. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's fun. Give your loved ones the gift of warmth and happiness with an original Miki Couture blanket. Whether you need a gift for your family, co-workers, or friends, they all need to stay warm and cozy this holiday season. Our incredibly soft blankets are the perfect gift to celebrate the holidays at any budget. Show them how much you care with a blanket from Miki Couture that will be remembered forever. Begin your holiday shopping at softminkyblankets.com or your nearest Miki location.